I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, supported by Water Wipes, the number one baby wipe in Ireland. Motherhood brings us love, but it can also bring us unimaginable heartbreak. And this week's episode with Keelan is about birthing her third baby Pearl and the moments of loss that immediately followed. And so this episode comes with a trigger warning for anyone who feels like it is too hard to listen to in this moment. This conversation is beautiful and compassionate and it is being created especially to support Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Week. Along with supporting Every Mum the Podcast, Waterwipes are proud to support Felicon, the Stillbirth and Neonatal Death Association of Ireland, which works to support families affected by perinatal loss, including this week's guest. Tonight, on October 15th at 7pm, the day that marks Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness, there is a wave of light, where candles and monuments, landmarks and buildings are all lit in blue and pink to remember the babies around the world that we have sadly lost, but we will never forget. Babies like Pearl, Keelan's third baby, who was born full term, but who passed away minutes later. A healthy and excited pregnancy, a labour without known complication. Their worlds forever changed in that moment. Here, Keelan shares her experience of birthing, grieving and always remembering Pearl. Keelan, thank you so much for joining me on this very, very important but special episode. Um, It's going out at the weekend of Baby Remembrance and it's something that we always do every year. Um, I always want to make sure that this show has something for every mum, regardless of the situation that they are in. Your story is about the birth of Pearl, your daughter. I want to take you back, if that's okay, to the fact that she was your third pregnancy. And I certainly feel felt on my second there was a certain reassurance that came with it. Uh, I think you described it perfectly there. I I think when you have two small kids running around and you've been through it already twice, you know, you're not really worried. Um, you know, once you get the kind of okay on everything, um, it was just a case of being organised and I was thinking about things like the kids and organising them and all that other stuff. Um, mm. So the logistics uh, of fitting another baby into the system. Exactly, exactly. And I was breastfeeding Henry and thinking like, okay, I need to wean him. And just things like that, like getting the kids ready, like got them into a double bed together and just, you know, all that sort of everyday stuff. Um was really not worried about anything um and it's guess I think I have more pictures of my bump with Pearl than I do of any of them mm. you know because the kids just got so much fun out of it and there was so much excitement um and they would just talk into my bump like you know hello baby are you coming out today and all this um <laughs> and they just pestered me for that whole summer uh, so Pearl was due on the 7th of September um, 2019 and so Cloda had just turned four and Henry two um, 
and they pestered me all summer. Is today the day? Is today? When is it? Is it tomorrow? Um, so as you can imagine, there was just great excitement. Um, and with us as well, you know, it was also, I think you go through that emotion before every baby of like you're closing one chapter and going into another. Um, and there was also a sense of that, like, you know, things are going to be different again, you know, um, but there was great excitement, definitely. You shared a picture recently because I suppose September brings back a lot of memories um, and it was a picture of you and the two little ones, like you is your family, you know, and the bump and it being like the last picture of you all, <laughs> you know, but also yeah. that that thing what happens when a baby comes into your world. It's like there's such a before and such an after. Yeah. And. Yeah, I I it. I just I felt I could feel it because I've even done that, you know, from a position of taking my babies home. There's there's a there's a there's a real moment, I think, when any family is about to welcome another baby in yeah. where it's like this is these are the last few hours and days of just us. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the photo you're talking about um, because uh, on the day that I knew I was, you know, probably going to go into proper labor um I remember we in the evening said let's just go for a walk with them and like settle ourselves um and we went for a walk just by our house and on the way back down I stopped and I was like okay let's get a selfie this is it um and that's that photo and the next photo is of the other side um and I remember that evening we came back and, you know, I was saying to Declan, my husband, right, I'd say this is it, you know, it feels like this is it, you know, I'd been there before. And um, even though I'd had two unplanned sections with um, my first two, I had labored with them both. Mm -hmm. um, so when we were putting them to bed, uh, I remember saying to them, you know, if you wake up in the morning and somebody's here, to mind you, you know, it means we've gone to the hospital to have the baby, mm -hmm. um, you know, because they weren't used to us leaving them really at all. So um, that's what we said. And they were excited and off they went to bed. And um, after that, you know, a couple of hours later, I was definitely in labor um, and contacted my doula and it wasn't really long before we said we better get going, you know, um, and my first two labors had been very, very slow mm. movement wise, you know, not movement of the baby, just like mm. centimeters wise. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I had no idea what way this was going to go when I was all set to have a, a VBAC, so a vaginal birth um, after cesarean. Um, and yeah, I was nervous about that and just suppose from a uh, point of view of having two young children at home, I knew what would have been ahead of me. So I was kind of trying to prepare for that and also just hoping that I wouldn't have another section. Mm. Um, so, and I had done like all the gentle births and I was actually just glued to it. Um, 
so we had it off anyway, everything was fine and uh, it just went so quickly and you know there's funny like it was exciting and very very calm um, and I remember just going through the like the reception area of the hospital like on a wheelchair in my pajamas and thinking oh my god what do I look like you know um, so it went quite quickly um, and everything was absolutely fine you know um, I didn't need any pain relief it was just a very calm excited atmosphere um, and everything was absolutely fine until the moment Pearl was born um, and I was just about to reach down for her and um, they, you know they're saying oh just stimulate the baby a sec you know um, and of course I hadn't been in that position before you know um, so I was just kind of waiting for a second um, next thing they just took her over and the alarm went and mm. that was it um, you know uh, I remember like looking at my doula like what's and you know she was saying it's okay they're you know probably just trying to get the baby going it's, you know, it often happens that um, need a little help to get going and you know like that was definitely when the trapdoor started to pull from under us um, and a team obviously came in and started working on her straight away um, and honestly it was like it was like my soul left my body and I was just watching from above you know I actually didn't even know at this stage if it was a boy or a girl and I remember saying like what it's a girl I heard someone say she um, and you know you know how hard it is to sit silent for a few minutes if you're told to and we were just there waiting and you know you can hear them counting five minutes like 10 minutes 15 minutes and I was thinking okay we're probably talking like the brain pooling at this stage you know but like just willing her to make a sound you know watching them try to resuscitate her and god I just prayed I just like I had my brother had died you know when he was 22 and I remember just saying to him please just whatever you can do please you know just waited for the noise like anything um and close to a half an hour the doctor was like I'm sorry we have to stop um and I remember I said to him stop what like what do you mean um and so just like it's actually just I don't even know what word to use to describe it um and they handed her to me and she was just so perfect um and a head of hair and just all I wanted was skin to skin I was just I couldn't wait to hold her um and I held her for hours and hours um, and my doula took some pictures which I'm so grateful to have now um, 
because, you know, like those skin to skin moments that you just dream of having. I think especially when I'd had two sections, you know, I, for me, like I just couldn't wait to have that where I was able to like sit up and hold my baby straight away. Um, and yeah, it was just utter, utter shock and disbelief. And I just don't think we knew even what was happening, to be honest. Um, so, and of course, my first thoughts actually went to the kids, mm. you know, and Pearl was born at 10 past three in the morning and I was thinking, I knew they'd be awake probably around six o'clock or half past six. And that was where my mind went. You know, it's it's funny the things that happen and the things that you focus on. And that was all I was actually worried about in that moment was, what are we going to tell them? You can't go home without a baby. Like, you know, no. Um, and even things crossed my mind, like just give her to me and, you know, and I, the skin to skin will kind of bring her back and actually uh, just before Pearl was born I definitely had this sense of relief you know that we had done it together she was here um, I had such a nice relaxed labor with her um, and yeah just definitely a relief mm. so it was this high high straight away to the low um, I think my body just went into total shock actually um I didn't know what I was doing it was like I was just this shell you know going through the motions um and worrying about the kids and what was going to happen with them and who was going to tell them and um so uh, we were brought to the bereavement floor um of the hospital and you know fairly soon there's kind of talk about funerals and you know it's it's just so it seems so unnatural you know um and you know we had to make the phone calls I remember making the phone calls myself to tell people you know um But I wasn't even really crying, I think. I just didn't know. You know, I was totally going through the motions. Um, and Declan actually came back home to tell the kids. Um, and he brought them down. And he says now he can't even remember the journey. Um, he just didn't know what he was doing. Uh, but I was just so relieved to get them down and get them in to see her. Um, and their two little faces like when I look back at photos of them now they were so young I don't think you realize at the time you know and mm. um, especially with Claudia like she was four but I, to me she was huge mm. you know especially with the newborn and Henry um but when I look at the photos now I'm like oh my gosh you know she had just gone into her second year of preschool um so they were so small and they were you know I remember Henry he was such a great little speaker um, for his age and I remember he was like mommy she just looks like our baby mm. you know and I was like she is our baby you know and they were like what why is she not opening her eyes like will we sing her a song will she wake up if we sing her a song like will she wake up if we scream really loudly um the innocence 
oh, the innocence. Um, well, I'm always so glad that we got them down so soon to see her um, and try to just, try to just go with them and what we thought was best for them at the time. I don't know if what we did was best or what, but it was what we felt was right um, at the time. And people often say, you know, oh, you were great to really include them so much. Um, but I just didn't know any different. Um, and they were waiting for this baby um, just as much as we were. When you shared, you know, the photos of your three children together, what I what I lo- I just found so special was they because of their innocence because of their youth they just have happiness in their faces yeah yeah so they're holding her and they're with her and the three of them are together and because they don't know or at least understand they there's no pain and there's no sadness they were smiling they were so happy to see her yeah yeah and I just think that that was you know for Pearl as well such a lovely thing to have them meet her and they're just yeah they they I suppose it looks like her birth was celebrated for them yeah or by them whereas obviously you're in grief yeah you know, I remember crying and the them asking me why I was crying, you know. And they were just so happy to have her. Yeah. Um, and Clodagh was, you know, like proper little mammy wanted to just change her nappy and mm. do all those things, you know. And remember they sat up and sang her a song and like they were moving her little hand. And, like, I mean, when you stand back, you're like, this must just seem like, such a mad situation then we had um Fela Khan came in um and took handprints and footprints um and the two women who came in were amazing um they literally just picked her up like she was as I say a normal newborn you know they pick her up like she was just a living breathing newborn and just you know she's so gorgeous like you know and they were did her handprints and footprints and they had both lost babies of their own and had been in that position and it was actually so lovely for me to have them come in and have a chat with them you know because I really didn't really know what was going on um, and couldn't understand why my baby had died you know um and so we stayed in the hospital for a few days um, and, you know, things happen so quickly here. I know in other countries, people might have a week or two before they have to have a funeral. But Pearl was born on a Monday and she was buried on a Thursday. Um, and it was just so fast. And even at that, you know, we did take our time and everything. Um, and we brought her home on the Wednesday and we had a little baptism in the hospital chapel and we brought her home it's just so strange like there is no guidebook for what to do in that situation Um, and you really just are 
going with it. And I remember Declan had the two kids down because they really wanted to be with us when we brought her home. So they were there in the back of the car and like I carried Pearl out in my arms and sat into the car, you know, didn't have her car seat. Um, and what's so strange is that we left for the hospital and we actually forgot her car seat and that just killed us, you know, we're like, oh, you know, why did we not bring her car seat? Um, we really beat ourselves up about that, that we'd forgotten it. Um, but yeah, I remember driving home and she was in my arms in the front of the car and like if, if someone had looked in at us, know. you know, it was like, but this is just, you know, the way it goes. Um, I never left her out of our room. She was in a, um, the hospital provided a, a cuddle cot, it's called, um, which is like a cooling blanket that goes into a regular Moses basket. Um, and so I was kind of torn between keeping her in my arms just all the time and having her in the cuddle cot so that she would keep looking as perfect as she did um, before we came home and people got to see her. Um, and we brought her home on the Wednesday for the night. Um, and I don't know where we got the strength, but I was like, okay, this is it. Like, this is our only night with her. You know, the kids want to wash her and dress her and change her nappy and get her into bed and, you know, do all that. And they got to do all of those things. Um, and, you know, as you say, they're so young and innocent, you know, they were bickering over who got to hold her for longer and, you know, who was actually going to sleep on the side of the bed where the Moses basket was because, you know, it wasn't fair if one got to sleep there and the other didn't. And um, so, yeah. Um, and then the next day we just had the funeral. And I remember when they were asking me about the funeral, what, like, what did we want to do? Um, I, the last thing I wanted to do was have a funeral. Mm -hmm. I just, I just given birth. I had stitches. I, you know, all of the things that come with postpartum in the first few days. And I just did not want to go into a church and have to sit down and have people watching me and have the kids overwhelmed or trying to keep them quiet and people looking at them. And so we just decided to have a graveside blessing. Um, and we brought family and some friends to our house beforehand and then, um, asked everybody else to just meet us at the gravesite. Um, and again, like while we were in the house, I, I had her in my arms the whole time was carrying her. It just felt like the most natural thing to do. I didn't want to put her down. Um, I probably just looked a bit mad, to be honest. <laughs> but um, I'm so glad that I did just hold her the whole time. You know, I just... I remember when everyone went away and we had maybe about 20 minutes, we turned on some cartoons for the kids and I just went down into bed and pulled the quilt up over us, you know, and I was like, no, I just can't do it. Like, how can any mother do that? You know, a few days after giving birth, after everything being absolutely fine, 
just give your baby back. Um, so we did it um, and we put in little sunflower with her because we'd grown sunflower with bump written on the um, little stick and, you know, tucked in a little photo of us under her cardigan. And it was like, remember we got into the car with the kids and they were in their car seats at the back and I had the little coffin on my lap and they started kind of bickering. Um, I remember I just started singing this song that we used to always sing. It was, I don't know if you know, it's from the Wiggles. It's called Bear is Now Asleep, you know. Um, and I just sang it. And it's now when I sing it, I'm like, why was that the song that came to my mind? But they loved it at the time. And so we just live like a two minute drive from the graveyard. And while we were driving down, there was a, a festival, music festival in our town. And I remember there was music by the Cranberries playing on speakers as we were driving through the town. And just thinking like, how are these people yeah. just living their People life. just like coming out of the post office, yeah. you know, having chats on the street. And here we were like our absolute world had just broken. Um, so, yeah, there's kind of things that stick out and it must have been so daunting for the kids as well, you know, and I was so relieved that a friend had brought her children to the graveyard. I just remember feeling so thankful um, because none of our, um, none of the kids' cousins had come or anything and it was just all adults, you know. Um, Serious serious and adults and I was so happy for them that they had kids to just they were so happy to see them you know they just wanted to run around and it just was a it, it was such a relief that they were able to kind of just relax you know because it had been such an intense few days and um, for them as well and so that that was how do you begin to Put the pieces back together. I think the period of time standing still went on a whole lot longer than yeah. people would realise. Um, I remember, you know, Declan had his two weeks off and we were kind of saying, OK, let's go back to work. And he went to work and he couldn't even get out of the car, you know, like. Yeah. Um, and he ended up taking about five weeks off and I honestly was not able, it was like I needed to be, I needed to be rehabilitated back to life. Like I actually couldn't do anything, you know, like um, that was hard because for the kids, there was an awful lot of them just sitting on the bed beside me while I was just, you know, um, lying there or there was a whole lot of TV and snacky dinners for them for a long long time um and you know people are people say things like and have you great support and you know what can you say oh no I don't you know um but there is very little support there um for us for anybody there's very little you know um there's such a knock-on effect into 
every part of your life besides the grief when your baby dies you know there's so much um and I just felt like I was dead myself to be honest I was just a shell I you know I was going through the motions I didn't want to like some close friends obviously called and it was lovely to see them but I didn't want to go outside the door you know I couldn't go to a shop I, I actually don't think I went to the local shops for could have been six or eight months like it was that long I couldn't face it I would drive to one further away where I didn't know anyone yeah and it's weird it like it was almost like I had this sense of shame or something that I didn't have my baby you know I definitely did feel that you know I don't know why but I just did feel like you know, they're looking at me and thinking like we're you know what did she do wrong to make this happen or, or and also people are very quick to think that you're just over it you know that you're fine um but of course you know that's just not the case I remember like I think that's where I started to look for you know, to reach out and try and find people who had been through similar. I remember like stalking people on Instagram and searching through hashtags, you know, and and I did meet some lovely girls who whose babies had died in the weeks before or just after Pearl for different reasons at full term. Um, and we really connected and would have good conversations about how we were feeling um like people in Australia and America and England you know um and that definitely was what kept me going because you could talk to people all you like but unless the person has been there they just don't get the crazy things that are going through your head you know and I would laugh and say I'm actually crazy like I you know to my friends I'd say like I'm crazy you know, the things that cross my mind, like, you know, um, I would just want to go up to the graveyard and just dig my way down so I could cuddle her, you know, like. That doesn't even sound crazy, though. That, <laughs> that doesn't yeah. sound crazy. That's, that, that sounds like a complete impulse, a really yeah. natural impulse. Um, yeah, I think like Declan he was just amazing you know he really had to just park his grief to look after us because I was absolutely useless you know I wasn't able for anything I could hardly remember how to make a cup of tea let alone look after the kids and anything so um and we had some great friends who you know did different things to help us out um and meals was a big part of that, um, people dropping food. Um, and I had gone to pregnancy yoga um, a few times and, you know, I had really good friendships with some of the girls and they organised a meal train for us. And I remember um, when we were offered it, we were like, no way, yeah. you know. 
and they were saying like this meal train is going to start in November and it'll be two days a week or whatever and you can pick yeah. your days and we were kind of, we were embarrassed we were saying like yeah. November sure like we'll be fine by then you know yeah. not going to need support in November um but like little did we know you know we would only be starting to come out of the shock by then and the meals were such a lifeline um you know there was people who I knew and people who I didn't know driving across the county that had their own kids and newborns Mm -hmm. to drop us off meals um so like that really did that really did keep us going and meant so much to us at the time it really really did um almost knowing that people are doing that can fuel you you know obviously the food is fueling you but also knowing that people care enough yeah and people are coordinating and putting plans in place because you'll fall apart if there isn't something sent like wrapping around you and sometimes food is just the thing that those on the outside want to do because it's all they can do yeah and like as I said you know there was an awful lot of quick easy snacky dinners for the kids and they were getting a home-cooked meal as well and like me and Declan I suppose we didn't even think about feeding ourselves in that time you know we were like just keep the kids kind of going and so that really was it was amazing that support was um yeah um and you know like one of the really hard things for me um in the months following Pearl um being born and dying was that a lot of my close friends were two babies at the same time and it was hard I was like I was holding my breath holding my breath to know that their babies were born safely and also just it was so hard I couldn't even look at a baby I couldn't look at another baby you know um and see them looking so big already you know after six or eight weeks and thinking that that's what Pearl would be like now um that was very very difficult and I did have to unfollow and mute accounts um of people whose babies were born you know like 2019 babies (laughs) I just was like I just can't it's just too difficult and I was thinking like oh when they're starting school Pearl should be starting school and when they're doing this she should be doing that um and while I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy for them to go through what we did and for anyone to lose a baby there was just I suppose this feeling that I had taken one for the team and I remember like I would be waiting to hear and then when I get the news, I would just break down. It was like a whole new wave of grief every time. Um, and I love my friends and their babies and they're gorgeous. But it was just it was very, very hard that and still is one of the hardest things because, you know, I have friends who we know each other from very early days that breastfeeding groups and we've had kids at similar stages and you know I'm I'm always going to have that you know like Pearl should have started preschool in September um 
and that was a really really hard milestone mm-hmm. um if a very real one I think mm-hmm. you know it really hit me all these three-year-olds are starting preschool you know we sh- we should be doing that I should have an extra school run to moan about on top of the others you know that I don't um and those friends that did have babies were so considerate um to us at the time and they you know they still are and it's hard and I remember in the first few weeks I didn't really know if it was okay to share a photo of Pearl Mm. online Mm. and it took me I think five weeks before I actually shared one Mm. um and you know I was nervous and I was very adamant I wasn't going to put a trigger warning on a picture of my baby and um and I did share a lot in those early days and that itself was like a kind of therapy I think for me you know I really wanted people to know how I felt it was like I wanted people to know the pain that I was in um even though I look okay on the outside like you know I felt so broken and I wanted to share her I wanted people to say I had three children and not two um so I did share her and I got lots of messages off people um saying that they were so happy to see me sharing about her and it kind of encouraged them to feel better about sharing about their babies um and baby loss awareness week of course was only I think six weeks yeah, later right. around that um and a lot of people who had been through different types of loss did share things that I wouldn't have seen sharing things before um you know or just shared like a photo of a candle lighting and things like that for their own losses um um and I know some people maybe think you're oversharing online, but the support of all the other people in the baby loss community, as it's called, um, just was exactly what we needed or what I needed uh, at the time. And yeah. Was there a part of it, though, as well, that it's about making people know that she existed? She was real. She wasn't a bump that just, you know, flew away. Like she was a baby that you carried, you birthed, and that was in your arms. She wasn't a candle. She was a person. Yeah. Didn't just disappear, you know. Um, absolutely, definitely. Um, you would have probably been one of the first accounts that I would have seen of someone who did share a picture of their baby. And I remember going through that process of like, I don't think I'd seen a picture of of a baby that had passed away. And it was deeply upsetting, obviously, but I was it it was it it was the reality check that I also needed to be like, of course, I need to see this because she was real. All the babies that have passed away are real. And, you know, have them 
not just remembered, but have their picture shared so that people can, you know, family and friends. And, um, and when you said there that when they were in your house and you're walking around holding her, because she was your baby. Yeah. She was, that's where she should be. And a few months later, I got, um, I ordered one of the Molly bears. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them, um, but they are weighted bears um, and it came from America. And so Pearl was seven pounds, four ounces and the Molly bear weighs seven pounds, four ounces. Um, and we often would bring Pearl bear into photos now yeah. that we're taking, you know, and it's just such a it's our idea. way of including her and yeah. you know that there is a space there for our third baby yeah. um and she is very much still a sister yeah. um and a daughter and marking her existence is just so important but also seems like so natural to me why wouldn't we you know um why wouldn't we want to um have her in family photos um she's a big sister now yes she is um so esme was born a year and five days after pearl um she was actually born on the day that pearl had been due wow the 7th of september um and that itself is just amazing. Um, and she's not a replacement. Um, and she doesn't fill that third space at all. She's our fourth baby and she'll always be our fourth. Um, and we were very lucky to get pregnant again. Um, and I think a lot from talking to people I know that a lot of people will say that there is this overwhelming desire to have another baby yeah. straight away mm. you know and before I would have thought oh that's way too soon like what are they doing that's way too soon yeah. you know give themselves time but it was like this instinct you know I needed to be pregnant again um so yeah um it was but a very a, very a very different pregnancy very different um and i pretty much lost my mind i think <laughs> um with worry and stress um and you know of course when you become part of the baby loss community you also become aware of all of the things that can happen and go wrong um so I was very, very um, anxious for that pregnancy. And I'm so glad that she got here safely. Um, yeah, she's. How were you as you approached birth? Um, I was an absolute mess. Mm. Um, and she was delivered by cesarean at 37 weeks. Um, and I just could not wait. Like, yeah. I, outside the theatre, you know, I didn't actually believe that she was going to be here until I saw her mm. and heard her cry 
and had her in my arms. Um, yeah, it was, it was actually the worst one of like, after losing Pearl, that pregnancy was the hardest thing to go through. And it was during COVID of course, and I had to do it all by myself and I was stuck in the hospital by myself. Um, and it was very um, traumatic, I think, um, but she's here. Um, and she's running around little two-year-old now. Um, and she talks about Pearl and she'll point to her and say, hi, Pearl, you know, um, and that's amazing to hear. Um, yeah. Have you been able to do anything that has helped process what has happened? Was there any way of maybe talking talking to the hospital, talking to, you know, to give you some answers? Um, I did. Um, well, when COVID came through, came in and couldn't really access anything um and as i said there's very little support available um virtually none um do you feel it's really on, like the world is just like off you go now that's yes that. absolutely you're very very alone um mm. and if you want to help or to access help you really need to go and search for it which you of course don't have the energy to do mm. um and financially you know there's a lot of expense even on that side of things. Um, and while I was pregnant with Esme, I was able to access support that way. And I um, did an art therapy course, which I really found helpful. Um, and I got given, um, a local lady did, um, reflexology for me um, and Reiki and that was amazing she offered it to me and was like I want to this is how I can help so this is what I want to do and I'll never forget that that was just another lifeline for me definitely um, and things were so raw like you know this rawness that you feel goes on for a long long time and um, I still feel it at times not as much I remember in the beginning I you know asking people um asking on the Felicon page and like when will I feel better is it like two months six months I need you know because I was in such agony and such pain that I just wanted to know when would it um but of course you can't you know it does it comes in stages and it's like the waves and they absolutely drown you and you come back and they get further apart and it's always there but it's you you begin to live your life again um without realizing you know um it definitely takes a lot longer than you think but um i, I took it very very slowly baby steps um and just try to push myself bit by bit. Um, and one of the things just to kind of add in that really um, made me feel so anxious was 
people asking me how many kids I had. That was a huge thing for me. And especially when I was pregnant with Esme and after, you know, everyone would say, oh, you're due, when are you due? Um, and, and they'd say, oh, is this your first? And I'd say, no. I'd say, oh, how many do you have? And I'd say, oh, it's my fourth. Oh, how old are the ones you have? Mm. And just, and I, I didn't have it in me to say, oh, you know, she's my third or to just deny Pearl, you know, and I know that made life hard for me because I couldn't do it at the time. I couldn't say, now I will say things like, I've got three at home. Mm. And saying that allows me to know that I haven't said I have three. I've yeah. said I've, I, I have three at home. Um, and I remember someone telling me that, that that was what they said. And I was like, that's actually a really nice alternative. Yeah, instead of saying, you know, going into the whole story and, you know, you don't want to share that with everybody. Um, yeah, but that was a huge thing for me and that really held me from going places for mm. over a year, more even. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay, I'm able to deal with that now. Whereas before it was enough to make me stay at home. But that's the thing of why it's so important for people to connect with people that have gone before. Because it's only by passing on those, just, just those little, those, you know, it's a turn of phrase, but it actually unlocks you entirely by being able to now, you know, say, I have got the three at home in your heart still yeah. knowing and I have one more that is why it's so important and that is why I think in some respects we're so lucky as a generation of women because there weren't those groups and those forums and those pages and even you know these podcasts there you know you weren't able to search a hashtag and connect with women all around the world that were experiencing this and and that's what it is it's it's, it's an incredible thing, no matter what situation you have found yourself in, being able to connect with other women, with other mothers that are experiencing it is a lifeline. They can be strangers, but they're not because they totally get it in a way that some of the people that have known you your entire life can't and never will. It's like an instant connection. Yeah. It's like you're speaking another language now, but they also speak it. Yeah. There's no book for that language. No, there's no guidebook. No. Thank you for being so generous with your energy to be able to revisit it. Um, I'm sure it's something on a Friday night. You don't want to necessarily have to go back all the way and take us through but because you did somebody will be listening to it who needed it somewhere in the world because this is happening more than we probably know about because we don't talk enough about it but somebody somewhere will have listened and it will have helped
thank you. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to get to speak about Pearl um, and tell her story so openly. Um, because, you know, she's not very often spoken about now anymore um, outside our ha house. So knowing that people will hear her name and hear her stories, it's, it's a lovely feeling as well. One thing I also love is the community that you have created that love to write her name in the sand and send it to you. Yes. So... If anyone is listening and if anybody has been supported, I would love to ask them on your behalf that they write Pearl's name in the sand. I would love that. And if they can, to also let you know that they've done it. Yeah, that would just mean so much. It really would. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nate. Every month the podcast is kindly supported by Water Wipes, Ireland's number one baby wipe. If you have been affected by the topics raised in this episode, please visit our show notes where you'll find a list of supports for every parent suffering a loss, including Phelacon, the Stillbirth and Neonatal Association of Ireland, who Water Wipes proudly support. If this episode has helped you, please let us know. Get in touch with every mum and our guest Keelan at Blondie Keelan on Instagram or share with anyone who may need to listen. Talk to you again next week.